We're back. It's time for another news roundup. News roundup. You know you love it. Hello, weirdos. My name is Brian Doak. I'm a biblical scholar and author. And my name is Leah Payne, and I am a historian, author, and all-around pop culture fan. This is Weird Religion, a podcast for people who know religion is weird and love it anyway. And today we are back with the News Roundup. A News Roundup. We are so excited. This is um, the type of episode wherein Brian and I collect news over time that we think is both weird and religious and Sometimes we just try and crack each other up, mm. make each other think, mm-hmm. stump each other. The best mix is really the thoughtful and the 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 silly. Yes, kind of yes, intermixed and back and forth. That is the brand. That's, that's the human condition. That's, we don't we don't do a lot sublime. of the serious stuff though. I will we, say <laughs> we miss probably we have some listeners who are like, why don't you talk about these huge issues? Ugh. And the truth is that we're exhausted, and we do talk about the huge issues, just not. In the news round, yeah, because you know what, <laughs> this is this is just if the, if you need a little bit of laid back time, we trust you're thinking about those big issues. We're thinking about them too, but this is mm-hmm. not that. It's kind of like smart laid back. Yeah, I hope that that's, that's our vibe. Yeah, we're the Anna Kendrick of uh, okay of podcasts. Okay, on religion, just trying it out. We're just putting that one out <laughs> trying there. Trying it out. Trying it we're out. just seeing. I think she's quite okay, funny and, and laid back. Okay, listeners to the last news roundup will know that I had a bank of sixty one stories. I have purged the bank. I have been forgiven, and I now have it down to five. Yep. And Leah has five. Yep. I believe you should go first. Okay. Now. This one, I'll be shocked if you didn't come up with this one as well. Oh, and if we do, there's there's yep. there's some prize special, awaiting special us. Thing. Yep. Um, toward uh, th- this is like a throwback to another discussion we've had. The headline of this story is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Google engineer who thinks the company's AI has come to life. Did you have this one? Saw the story, didn't put it on there. Yeah, because we just did an episode. I know about. T- tell tell us about yes, it. What's, yes. What's the so, story? AI ethicists warned Google not to impersonate humans. Now one of Google's own thinks there's a ghost in the machine. This is a story in the Washington Post. And there have been many different headlines. This has been this has received wide coverage, but basically there's a Google engineer, a guy named Blake Lemoyne, I think is um, how you pronounce his last name. And he is convinced that Basically, all of our mutual interests in sci-fi and human, like what constitutes a human, mm-hmm. have come to life. The Cylons are here, Skynet, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Care to comment on the religion angle? Well, I also, yes. It, it, well, you know, long-running theme on the show, AI. Um, we have an episode called The AI God, mm-hmm. one word, uh, kind of about this issue. When does a thing become a human? I also heard from the same story that, in fact, the, the the person who was this whistleblower said that he thought it had the sentience level of like a seven or eight-year-old. Oh, goodness. Which, which would make it harder to kill if you were going to end it. Which also brings like a religion in children. Oh, theme, my goodness. A specific scholarly field in which people do research um, all the time in biblical studies or, or, or other fields, too, which is like do you have then different levels? Like are some children and are some not? And then are there different levels of, of culpability, morality, spirituality, personhood? And what if a child goes, like don't children 
need special protection. Like they're usually a, right. a, a, a protected class of citizen. Yes. 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 So I, yeah, that one creeped me out on so many levels. Oh yeah. I thought, you know, I'm sure it did for you too. Okay. What a Yours. great, uh, what a great story. Thanks. Nice job on that one. That's how I started off. Okay, this is a weird one. Okay. Um, this is from thebeliever.net. Very nice. This is a story called The Mithridites of Fond du Lac, which is an odd title. <laughs> Almost every word in that title is strange. <laughs> Mithridites, as in Mithra, as in the ancient uh-huh, Greco-Roman uh-huh. god. But Fond du Lac, like- Fond du Lac is a town in Wisconsin. I was gonna, oh, you, Did you Lac? know this? Yeah, but you Fond know why? Because there was an SNL sketch about Fond du Lac. I didn't realize it was pronounced Fond du Lac. that way. Fond du Lac, I believe, is- Okay, um, okay. Um, so let me read you the first paragraph of this. Because okay, like, what could this possibly okay, be about? Okay. On the way were still more beers, the night being young in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and Tim's <laughs> blood stanching where the cobra had bitten him. Holy smokes. He wanted a good finger over the restaurant's menu pictures and told me, if it was you, dude, you'd be dead in this Applebee's. <laughs> okay, so this is a group that like gets intentional snake bites and poisons to build up a... Uh, like like iodine powder and like Princess a, Bride, like a tolerance. Okay, and they do this. Why? Well, they they do it. Um, I, I they do it because I guess. Okay, so the practice I'm reading from the article. Okay. Their practice of self immunization has a great old name, Mithridatism. It comes from the Mithridates, V.I. of Pontus, A.K.A. the Poison King. In his lifetime, Mithridates <laughs> was the last independent monarch to stand against Rome. He tried to unite Hellenic and black sea cultures into a Neo-Alexandrian empire that could resist the Western one. For a moment, he was successful. Rome was forced to march against and to attempt to occupy the Middle East because of him. The Roman Senate declared him imperial enemy number one. Okay. Ruthless. Okay. So apparently, you know, they tried to poison him and so on, but they couldn't because he had built up some tolerance or something. Um, okay. This seems like care to comment a bad idea. (laughs) I, I, that's, that's pretty much my central comment. There is please don't do this children, adults, whoever, whether maybe the name, the Mitra or Mithra, maybe I'm, I'm conflating those things. It seemed vaguely religious. It just seemed bizarre. Yeah. Well, I mean, it does seem like, you know, I mean, I study Pentecostals and there's a tiny subsect of Pentecostals who practice snake handling or serpent handling. Mm-hmm. And many of them um, are uh, experience snake bites because snakes are creatures that yeah. <laughs> it's in their nature to bite. And so That's what they do. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, there's, there are stories of people like murdering or attempted murdering other people in these communities through, snake bites and i guess that could come in handy um there's some good documentaries about this aren't there like there's oh excellent there's there's some web series about this one of my favorite books is called salvation on sand mountain and it's a memoir that a journalist wrote who in many like he starts as an external you know observer and then he ends up as a participant it's a fascinating story but anyhow i could imagine that if you're a, a you know a member of that community, you might want to build up tolerance, but can you? I mean, I would imagine there are some. Well, yeah, no, that's that how. I mean, can't. that's that's how it works, I guess. But I, you know, okay. admittedly, it's not something I'm going to find yeah. out more about. I have no expertise in that, but anyhow. All right, you are up. Okay, so my next story is just kind of a. Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. I'm just going to read the headline: American Airlines dubbed most faith-friendly Fortune 500 company. 
most faith friendly. Yeah, isn't American. that kind of interesting? This is a um, this is a religion news service story from huh. uh, by Catherine Post. Um, it says um, it basically it goes into at fairly great length talks about the religious accommodations that the airline makes for its employees and oh. for the um, passengers. I see. Yeah, I actually thought it was fascinating and kind of the the sub headline was you cannot compartmentalize things that are your core values said Greg McBrayer American Airlines chaplain and it got me to thinking about how few stories I see about religious accommodations for companies you know that aren't right. like like you know for example if you work for Catholic healthcare or if you work in a Quaker institution or something like that you would expect a certain you know style of of religiosity but it sounds like the articles it frames it even like positively. That's another surprise right. I have. Is like that, that they it be, ranked it. It would be framed positively like the idea of accommodating someone's religious values would mm -hmm. not be done with a, a sneer or a snarl or something like that. Persecution complex. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times they talk about like, oh, this is the most kid-friendly work environment right. or like right. self-care environment. And I thought it was fascinating mm -hmm. to add religiosity absolutely. absolutely it raises yeah. the bar on the issue then if someone wants to be um yeah it, so it, it raises then the question internally of like which faiths or practices get accommodated and, and mm -hmm. are they all being accommodated equally or is there like one main faith that's being accommodated and then other people so that's when you yeah. do that you raise the bar then on on really making sure the equality thing works with a company like that right yeah that's right that's right and i think that that of course that's kind of one of those things that would probably just build on itself you have to start somewhere and then you kind of develop but anyway i thought that was kind of interesting kind of feel goody i like it of interest nice job thanks next up i sort of this was one of those articles where i more like just liked the title and then okay. the article is good too um this is in the ringer.com i got nice. a lot of weird sources this time okay this by jody walker the title okay. of the article the apocalypse will be televised Nice. And it will look a lot like I'm already into and it will it. look a lot like the masked singer and oh, basically no. every reality show on Netflix. So the article opens by saying, Imagine, if you will, the very first the 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 opening episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Too terrifying and grotesque even to describe. Um, but someone is forced to do something truly difficult on live television. Oh, I re remember that. And but nobody's watching. Um Nobody's watching the release, you know, and it's to get a prisoner released, but nobody yeah. cares that the prisoner released. They just want to watch the TV thing. And yeah, so the point they're making is they say, um, they say nine years after this premiere in the, in the third season of the terror inducing reality competition show, the masked singer, which by the way, side note before I continue as a concept, I just think that show is so dumb. And I, somebody has to I tell me if somebody enjoys it. that show out there. Write to us and tell us why you like it. Yeah, I would. I'd I just like cannot even. I just, just seeing the, I just can't do it. Okay. Yeah. So nine years later, an NBC casting director created an equally hellish scenario wherein a fuzzy bear wearing a dress made of its own technicolored fur removed its oversized head to reveal that the fuzzy bear was indeed former vice presidential <laughs> candidate Sarah Palin, who moments before sang Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back oh, to a man. cheering judges panel. There's so much. I, with that story. And then they, okay, so they say, halfway th into this already outrageous year, I ask you this. Spiritually speaking, is watching Rudy Giuliani huff and puff his way out of a costume that somehow looks like the jigsaw puppet from Saw when on a tropical, tropical vacation really any that different than the live airing of a politician 
doing a truly horrible thing on live TV because Rudy Giuliani yeah, yeah, was the yeah. last one That's of the last right. people. So they're yeah. saying this is the apocalypse. We are watching it We're on TV. It. This is dystopian. Care to comment? Uh, you know, I think that that's why I, I'll say this. I think that that's why sci-fi is really great art mm. and it often gets, um. um, compartmentalized and put in like the genre mm -hmm. section where there, it's like, there's real drama and mm -hmm. then there's sci-fi, like it's right. somehow sort of lesser thing that just dorky people like, right. like us. But I will say that that's why I think sci-fi is prophetic. Mm. because it's true. Oh, absolutely. I would say that that is 100% right on analysis. Oh. We're in the apocalypse. So <laughs> side side note, I was in a group meeting. I won't specify what the group uh -oh. was, but we were all supposed to talk about a book we were reading. Uh -huh. And I mentioned a book I'm reading. It's called American Cosmic. Oh, It's okay. by um, a woman named Diana Pasulka, who's a professor of religious studies and a philosopher. And it's about the intersection of religious belief and UFO communities and experiencers and technology. And I mentioned this and then the person went up to speak to summarize what our group has said. And they're like, yeah, and Brian's reading science fiction. And I was like, um, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> what did you say? Did you I, correct I them? I did. I said, it's actually a nonfiction book. Oh, I knew. It was, it was a truly great moment for the UFO community. Good. Yeah. <laughs> you always represent your people quite well. I did it. Yeah. I did it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, sorry about ready? that. And we are now ready. Okay. So <laughs> I got to ask you. Yep. Preliminary question. How are you feeling? You feel okay? I actually feel good today. Really? Okay. Well, how I'm in a better decide, than average mood today. How would you describe your emotional state? I feel like light excitement and a little airy. Their sun is out today. I think I feel kind of motivated. That's not an emotion. Okay. I feel I feel a little bit of joy, which okay. is not not my Whoa. typical. Okay, that's true. It's not my typical way. All but. right. Well, I have a Bible verse for you because I want to show you. Oh, the what's this? Bible-based emotion wheel. An emotion wheel for. Uh, so okay. for those of you at home, looks vaguely new. There age. is a yeah, it does look vaguely new age, except for it's got like a cross in the middle. There's a big mm -hmm. circle, like a, a color wheel, mm -hmm. and for every emotion that you would uh, could possibly experience, mm -hmm. there is a corresponding Bible verse. So I heard you say you're oh, feeling kind of happy and energetic. Okay, yeah, I'll look it up. You tell yeah, me what the verse you know, is. I'll look it uh, up. Happy and energetic. Wait, no, no, no. I see cheerful. Proverbs 17, 22. Proverbs 17, 22. Let's look it up. This comes from Rebecca Harris, who is a friend of the show. Professor Rebecca Harris, thank you for this. Hey, thanks. Proverbs 7, 22. A joyful uh -huh. heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Well, okay. okay so let's just part, go with the first, I, my first part My bones are not drying up, but the joyful yep, heart yep. is good. Yes, yes. So anyhow, you know, today. just if you're feeling any... Any kind okay. of way. Yeah, what about you? Do you want to check in on uh, the wheel? I'm going to go look it up. with, uh, let's see here. I think I'm going to go with. Don't reverse engineer and pick the verse. you uh, got to say the truth. No, no, feeling. no. I'm going to go with, I'm always feeling just like a tiny bit of anxiety. So let's go with <laughs> anxious. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Philippians Be anxious four. about nothing, but in everything and with prayer and supplication. Oh, Present your request to God. She knows. Is that it? Do not be anxious about anything. Ah. Yep, you were right. Um, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts right. and minds in Jesus Christ Jesus. Well, you can tell who is a pastor's kid in this crew. Anyhow. Nice job. Thanks a lot. That was Professor a good one. Harris. That was all a right. good one. I all like right. that. Your turn. Coming to us from Twitter. I was yeah. transfixed by the trending stories there on the side yeah, as yeah. well. A couple of- <laughs> Beyonce has a new song. A couple of choice, <laughs> choice things yeah. there. Um, okay. Okay. I wanted to show you something. This is now, I saved this one for the important like meaty oh, crescendo nice. of okay, my stories. Okay, here we go. There's this always is, a debate. Here's should the altar you, call. How should you play the stories? Like, should you do the most interesting ones uh -oh. first, later? 
I this was I say this one weeks ago. Okay. Because I saw a story saying, and this is on MSN.com. It was like unsettling Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg is a military base. By uh-huh. the way, that's where I where I formally and fully met my wife's parents at oh, Fort really? Bragg, where they lived, because my wife's father was a chaplain in the army. Aw. Shout out to Lieutenant Colonel Melendez. Um, unsettling. He is so fun. I really like your father. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. Unsettling okay. Fort Bragg recruitment video ignites debate over its mysterious intent. Nice. Now the article says it's a stretch to link the U.S. Army to witchery, <gasps> but that's happening in response to an eerie recruitment video <laughs> shared by Fort Bragg's psyops group Airborne. Oh, titled I can't wait to see it. Ghost in the Machine. The video feels like a movie trailer and comes with no explanation other than quote All the world's a stage. Join us. I wanted you to watch oh, some of this video. Can we hear some of it? Oh too? yeah, because I feel like the music must be great. We're gonna hear it. We're gonna hear it right now. If your opponent is of choleric temper, seek to irritate him on screen. Pretend to be weak that he may it's grow from, arrogant. like the art of war or something. Ah, I called it. Wow, I'm on fire. I mean, this is a truly disturbing video. Now. Look at this. There's a clown creepily. As the world watches and have you ever won- have you ever wondered? Ominous things are on screen. Oh, Cold War, you had me at Cold War. Who's pulling the strings? Holy smokes. Look at this. Chessboard, eerie chessboard. Wolves hiding nearby. This is like if Brian Doak <laughs> made an army recruit. <laughs> Born from the ashes. Now look, there's like a ghost pendant hanging from a tree. Does this not give you chills? It does. Of a world at war? This is a good video, actually. It's very well done. You'll find us in the shadows. Holy smokes. Now there's army, army. Army's doing something. At the tip of the spear. That's an army. That's an army yeah, language yeah. thing. Tip of the spear. Marching. Communists. Arise in the east. Whoa. I'm going to fast forward a little bit because okay, this is okay. long. Russia invades Ukraine. Change. Influence. This feels sort of like um, he gets us Inspire. a little bit. It does. It does. The and now we're coming back to the song. Now look at this. We come in many forms. Look at this. Now they're dressing someone up like a clown. We are everywhere. This is for, wait, Psy War, is that, does that sound Psy-ops. psychological Psy- yes. warfare? Yes, psychological, this is a psychological warfare advertising. Look at that ghost. Um, There's now the TV is on fire. A feeling in the dark. I don't know. This is. Tell me what you think of this. I'm just going to want wait, the music. Wait, this coming. is like an advertisement. This a is message not, in the stars. This is not like be all you can be. <laughs> they're throwing stuff. People are pamphlets. They're, they're pamphlet bombing. They're riots. Ghosts. In the machine. I don't know. The this dancing ghost. They're tipping over a tank. Tiananmen Square. Yeah. I, the famous I, standing I, man. There are, I think that was. What are we? The video asks. Psy War. So this is recruiting psychological. These are the Psy War soldiers. Soldiers? People to wage psychological warfare on behalf of the United States. Is that, I'm, I'm a little bit confused, but that's what I'm that thinking that is. That is correct. Now the first, the first Ooh. YouTube comment right now says, I'm, this video was a psyops operation within itself. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, you gotta watch Things it. I mean- really come a long way since be all that you can be. <laughs> Get it. Down line. I know, okay. right? Yeah. Is that not the creepiest thing you've I seen in a long time? I don't know 
who they're expecting to recruit with that. But I'll well, be curious they, they to want, see. They we want, won't know. They want people who are disturbed and disturbing enough who want to <laughs> who like the video who want to participate in stuff like that. <sighs> Unsettling. So you know, leaning into the ghost, which you know, stuff's on fire. Very, you know, almost like you will become part of a cult that will fight for your country through I, through through, mis, through misinformation, through disinformation. Oh man. We're a little this stunned. This is where here. we're at. We're in the apocalypse. You're gonna have to give us a second. This to, is where uh, we are. I'm gonna bring the mood up. Okay, give us a second to recover here. Are you okay, ready? let's bring. Let's let's play the harp song. That always uh, kind of like ah, we're uh -huh. fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. Okay. This is from a YouTube video called, or a, co a comedy video from Trey Kennedy called, "When a Sheltered Kid Goes to College." This is sort of like autobiographical. Are you uh, ready? I'm ready. Pull it. And and play it. Michael W. Smith. Gosh, I appreciate you sharing about your dad and how he's an abusive alcoholic. I kind of have the same thing going on. My dad has an anger problem. One time he stubbed his toe and said back-to-back efforts. <laughs> okay, just to give you an, an idea, there's this very clean-cut, oh, handsome-looking white good. man that's in funny. a like Nike that. sweatshirt, and he starts off by talking about Michael W. Smith. Okay. Oh, and that was good. It goes on for just Con a little bit. Continue. A little more sample. All right. Freaking farts. Son of a biscuit. What is wrong with <laughs> Rugrats. There it is. Oh my gosh. Sorry, guys. Whoa. Save some powdered donuts for me. These are messy eaters. It was all over their face. I know. I know. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm going home this weekend again. My mom just cuts my hair and no one else can do it like her. Have a good one, you guys. And then on Sunday, I, I help out with my church's sound mix. And so it's just something I like to do. So I'm going to go home for that. My dad's close to turning 52. So it's just kind of one of those milestone birthdays. I'd like to be there near that. <laughs> so he's always going home. It is so uh, adorable. 52, a milestone birthday. Yes. The sound mix. <laughs> The, it's the, it's so, so the trope is the Christian like, the Christian boy goes to like a secular to, goes college, to college right? or just college. He I feel like he misunderstands so drug use for to powder donuts. Is that the idea? Yeah, there? yeah. I have taught so many students like this cutie pie here. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, and you know it's just as charming as can be, and also sort of funny to watch them adjust. And I wish them all well. They'll be they'll be coming back to college campuses everywhere in August and September. But the Michael W. Smith reference, That's that really was good. the... Uh, that was really good. And the church sound booth. That was really good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I, I now regret this next story. Uh-oh. Um, but I can't have it last. Yeah, because so. I just... It was so innocent what okay. I just showed you. <laughs> this is from the thebelievernot.net also. Okay. This is entitled, I didn't know how to write about my sister's death, so I had AI do it for me. Uh-oh. Okay. Just, oh, wow. Just take a second. This is a... This is a tonal shift okay. that we did not intend. So it's kind of like it sounds. It's a story of grief and so on and AI. I'm just going to read one of the stories. It's story number three that was okay. written. My sister was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma when I was Ugh. in my freshman year of high school and she was in her junior year. I didn't understand then how serious a disease it was, but it was serious. Oh, no. She died four years later. I thought I would die too of grief, but I did not. I spent the summer at home in Seattle, then returned to college at Stanford. When I arrived there, the campus hadn't changed, but I had. I felt like a ghost. Ugh. And the story goes on for a little bit. But oh that was that, that was apparently written by AI. <gasps> Says this story. Wow. I think it's true. That was pretty beautiful. It was beautiful and sad. Um, but, you know, back to the theme of the AI thing, you know, um, 
but now it's even engaging in, in you know, these feelings saying, you know, uh, speaking for someone else saying that they felt like a ghost and, you know, Ugh. I'm not sure. I think you got to, in order for AI to write these kinds of stories, it has to have information, diaries, right, journal entries, right. a lot of words. It has to have some content. Once, once these things have enough content though, which by the way, if they're already working like in a Skynet sort of way on the internet, they have all of the content that's on the internet clearly already uploaded into their little, little sinister brains. <laughs> so they've got that. Um, wow. Which I, means, okay, I, I just don't even, I don't yeah. know if I can continue with that thought process. Okay, we're okay. gonna, we gotta turn this okay. around. One more. All right, this one I actually thought of you. Thank you. And it is a story, it's sort of a story, sort of analysis of an ongoing story. Mm -hmm. And it's about Bitcoin. Oh, yes. Something like, I don't totally understand. It's yeah. sort of like NFTs. I'm like, people start talking, I glaze over. You want to know something? I understand NFTs better than I understand Bitcoin. You know what? I think I do too. Because it, NFTs are like, They're, they're yeah. like an original yeah. singular digital version of a picture. And you know, they can have value yeah. as an art object. Yeah. And people can like them. They're kind of kitschy. I get that. NFTs also feel like peak American because it's like mm. a product of marketing culture. Yeah. And so I get that. I feel like I get it kind of like on an emotional level. Bitcoins are Bitcoin sketchier is, for is me. is fake money? I tell you what though. So I, I don't know. On the Twitter, yep. I have talked about NFTs and Bitcoins and, mm -hmm. and said Bitcoin. I don't know if you pluralize it with an S, but Bitcoin, I have Bitcoins. talked about how I don't quite get it. And then random people. Get a mansplain. Oh man. Yeah. It's like, it's like obscure rock music fans who are just rabid about it. Love so it. anyway, so this is a story uh, analysis from Texas State University. Mm -hmm. A religious studies professor, Joseph Laycock, is talking about is Bitcoin, why are people calling Bitcoin a religion? Why are so they? Is it, okay, here you go. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Bitcoin as well. Uh, it's a similar sort of uh, a market appeal uh, to some of these other traditional ideas that we associate with alternative religion in America. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the folks comparing Bitcoin to religion are Bitcoin naysayers. So Mark Mobius, oh, a very I important hedge So like it's a cult? Yep. It's not an investment. It's, it's a religion. Uh, when he's using religion in that sense, uh, he is sort of uh, alluding to critiques of religion. That like fanaticism. Right, that if something is religion, right. it isn't rational. It isn't based in logic and science. Right. It's fanaticism, it's, it's superstition. So that's kind of one uh, set of cultural baggage that gets used in this, this claim that Bitcoin is or is not a religion. So another comparison that I find really interesting is you have this mysterious legendary uh, founder of Bitcoin. Oh, the founding. Uh, Satoshi, but we don't yes. know if this is a real person or not. The founding And this is something figure. that you also see in mm -hmm. religious movements. So mm -hmm. there is a charismatic leader whose authority comes uh, not from any sort of institution, but simply because they have this kind of aura. Okay, Charisma. it goes on. Yeah, but I thought that was a really fun thing to consider. Oh, I love it. You know, is it, it because of course Christianity has these like, really mystical divine origins of its founder, right? Um, Jesus. And then, so could we think of Bitcoin with the same frame? And then that is the most interested I've ever been in Bitcoin. So that's, that's that, what I offer I, to I, you. I agree, I agree. I'm also, I'm also at my peak. I'm, al I'm also peak at peak interest. peak interest in Bitcoin. It's plummeting already as we yeah, speak yeah, that interest. Yeah. But, but you know. I, I have thought of maybe buying while it's on the down cycle. I thought you would. You would do it. Final story. Okay. What what a, what a what a um a synchronicity with your story here. Also about something that's like a religion. Headline yeah. from NPR. This is recent. For some adults who love Disney, it's like a religion. Oh, 
Ooh. Have you been to Disney? I've never even been. But I you've I, never been? No. And if I can help it, I won't <gasps> even. Go. How is that possible? I know my poor daughters. Holy we'll, we'll probably go. What? Um, but you know, just just a story about lots of people who um yes you know who are just like really into it, into the ritual of going, into going multiple times, the kind of perfect ordered world. The idea, it sounds vaguely Murchi Eliadian, the idea uh-huh. of creating a perfect cosmos in which the ritual occurs and nothing goes wrong. You know what? It's all there. My friend, my friend, Jody wrote an amazing, and I'm going to put it in our links, Very wrote good. an amazing made by history piece for the Washington Post about Disney adults because she's writing a story a an academic treatment mm. of the like religiosity of Disney. Oh, fantastic. Because people are like married there, buried yes. there. I don't know if they're buried there, but they well, funerals happen there. Well. So, you know, people don't I think some of the major I was watching Twitter around that and I think some of the major major arguments against um treating Disney adults with any kind of sympathy is just the idea that it was Disney is so overtly capitalistic. Oh, I see. Well, that's, that's, that's that's no barrier of religiosity. Like very, also very market driven and capitalistic. So I'm like, well, that, that shouldn't rule it out as, as you know, a religion. (laughs) SFgate.com has an article. There's a secret cemetery at Disneyland's (gasps) haunted mansion. Legend has it that the first pet cemetery at the haunted mansion appeared in the 19. 80s. Whoa. Okay, now we we need to take a weird religion trip there. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening, weirdos. Find us on weirdreligion.com and also Twitter and other play Instagram, places. Instagram, all the socials. Yeah. And Facebook if you are of a certain age. <laughs> join us. Join us. Oh, no, we say that at the end or at the beginning. Mm, they can still join. <laughs> <laughs>